This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To some extent, we should be nervous, but not nervous about AIs taking over the world, not nervous because of the Skynet. I think we should be more nervous about the fact that AI is still very dumb and the fact that potentially dumb but powerful people will control it. You're listening to the Science Focus podcast from the BBC Focus magazine team. We're the UK's best-selling science and technology monthly, available in print and in several digital formats throughout the world. Find out more at sciencefocus.com or look out for us in your app store. Hello and welcome to the Science Focus podcast. I'm Alice Lipscomb-Southwell, the production editor of BBC Focus magazine. Today, there is barely any device that doesn't have a computer brain powering it under the hood. But how smart really is this artificial intelligence? We seem happy to let AI improve our smartphone photos or turn the lights on when it gets dark, but the thought of autonomously driving our cars leaves some of us uneasy. And of course, there is the dystopian vision of the future with robot terminators enslaving humanity. But it doesn't have to be this way. Online editor Alexander McNamara speaks to theoretical physicist Jim Al-Khalili ahead of his new BBC4 documentary, The Joy of AI, in which he explores the history of artificial intelligence what it can do today and why embracing the positives of AI into our lives can lead to a better future for us all. So you've got a new programme that's out uh, soon called The Joy of AI. Yes. I was just wondering if you'd be able to sort of just kick things off by explaining to us what exactly is AI? Well, AI stands for artificial intelligence and... uh, it really does seem to be the buzz phrase around at the moment um, because the technology involving artificial intelligence very generally is, is 
rapidly, rapidly evolving. Um, the thing is that we, when we talk about AI, we tend to mean something very general indeed. And, and I think some some of the people working in the field might argue, well, that's not really artificial intelligence. I mean, an example, we all use um, uh, Siri uh, on smartphones or, or, or um, uh, what's the other one? Um, in, in, in the homes, um, uh, Alexa or Alexa, Alexa yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have it, so it's not on. The <laughs> um, so uh, Siri and Alexa, you know, which sort of uh, 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 help, you know, they answer questions. They sound as though they're intelligent. They sound as though they're uh, they're sort of figuring stuff out for you. The same with things like Google Translate, or even just the way you know Amazon or or Facebook are able to sort of you know directly advertise stuff to you. You think, how do they know that? And, but of course, it's uh, it's because of what you searched for before. So all of these things in technology are sort of classed broadly in artificial intelligence. Um, what what I'm interested in, and certainly what this program is about, is where we're going in the future. Because artificial intelligence is basically a machine behaving intelligently doing intelligent things not just number crunching uh, and and that we've not got there yet but we're moving very fast towards it uh, so it's very exciting um, but also of course what comes with it uh, are these sort of words of warning that we need to make sure we know what's coming over the horizon mm-hmm. so what sort of thing what what's what's the difference between a regular computer program and something that actually uh, can be classed as an intelligent um, artificial application? Uh, well, so there are various ways of, of defining it because, of course, a a computer program, if it's complex enough, uh, can do things much more quickly than a human brain can, but also uh, can can give the appearance of being intelligent. You know, a computer program that can beat a grandmaster at chess is is just running an algorithm, you know, lines of code saying, if this, then do that, if that, then do that. Um, But, you know, a game of chess, you know, what it can do is explore all possible moves into the future uh, and decide what is the optimum piece to move, giving it the appearance of intelligence, whereas what it's really doing is number crunching. Very often what we mean by true intelligence uh, nowadays is if, the machine uses something called machine learning, whereby it's not simply given a set of instructions by a programmer and it just follows them blindly, but it learns as it goes. So it, it sort of builds its own code, as it were. It becomes increasingly sophisticated. And that's what um, modern AI machines uh, are doing now. They're learning as they go. They use something called neural networks, uh, which are meant to mimic, in a sense, the way our brain works, the way our brain is wired and all the neurons and how they're all interconnected. A neural network is a sort of a an, an abstract mathematical version of the human brain. And they are starting to show real intelligence by anyone's definition. Mm. So it, it, that's what we're doing. We're sort of creating a, a, a brain... Uh, a computer brain, as it were. How how similar, or what, you know, what's the size comparison between this machine learning brain and the human brain? Well, I mean, in terms of physical size, I suppose it's not really so relevant. You know, you could imagine 
some small thing, but wires connected down the corridor in a computer lab to a vast array of huge machines. Um, so, so in terms of physical size, I suppose it's not, not so important. But in terms of um, the capabilities, of course, machines, artificial intelligences are way, way behind what a human brain can do. I mean, they give the appearance of being intelligent. You know, um, um, an, an AI can look at a picture um, uh, and and understand from the pixels what it's what it represents. It can recognize pictures of a dog, for example, but it doesn't know what a dog is. It doesn't understand the concept of dog. Um, and so it, while it can do certain things, faster and more efficiently, and even sometimes in a more clever way than humans, that's still not intelligent in the way that we would talk about it. And I think the problem is we're very often too infected by Hollywood movies. And so, you know, we think of AIs or, or, or being intelligent as somehow being conscious, being sentient, being self-aware. That may come in the future, but we're a long, long way, many decades away from that. So is that sort of sentience the difference as it is between uh, artificial intelligence we know and human intelligence? It's the difference between artificial intelligence and intelligence in lots of living things, mainly mammals. You know, I don't think there's, there's nothing special about human intelligence as such. You know, a dog can feel happy and angry and 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 sad and 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 jealous, <laughs> um, which we we regard as human traits. No artificial intelligence is anywhere near being able to have emotions in that sense, you know, because these are sort of higher level thinking that really only come about in, in sentient beings. And that's not just constrained to humans. Hmm. So is, is calling it artificial intelligence really the right sort of wording? Is that, have we got that Pro quite right? <laughs> Probably not in <laughs> hindsight. Um, I mean, this grew out, I mean, we, we talk in the program about how it first came about, um, you know, programming machines to, to think for themselves in a very general way. Uh, probably if we had to sort of redefine it, we'd call it something else, um, you know, um, um, machine learning or, or deep learning um, or artificial neural networks may be more accurate. They're just not quite as catchy, I guess, as artificial intelligence, AI. I mean, the, the term is here to stay, so we just have to be careful what we mean by it. Mm. So... Uh, with uh, coming back to that point of how it all began, how how did we arrive to the point that we are today with artificial intelligence or machine learning or wherever we are? Well, it I mean it, it grew in parallel with computer science in in general, but um, the development of of um, algorithms uh, that you can code into an electronic device using binary, you know, set of zeros and ones. Um, is is something you know we go back long before people like Alan Turing, you know, people like Babbage, for example. You know, the, the, the calculating machines that that uh, automate a a process of of um, numerical calculations. Artificial intelligence grew in in sort of the middle of the twentieth twentieth century, very slowly, uh, uh, but it allowed um, computers to try and. Um, solve problems that maybe we were unable to solve, not just because they could do things more quickly, but you know, they could solve logic problems in, in a way that uh, wasn't simply down to lines of, lines of code and algorithms. So, so it's, in that sense, it's different from general 
computer coding, computer programming. Um, but the, the, the lines are blurred, and it's really only in the last decade or so that we started to see um, AI machines doing something very different that is not the same as just making more and more powerful computers that do calculations faster and faster. I mean, a, nice, a lovely example is the, um, uh, the, the neural nets uh, um, codes at DeepMind, the, um, the, the British London-based company now owned by Google. Uh, but they are essentially the, probably the world leaders in AI, and they pioneered this idea of deep learning. So they have these AI machines, um, Alpha, AlphaGo, AlphaZero, which do lots of different things as well as be the, 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 the best computer chess players in the world. You know, computers can already beat the best um, grandmasters at chess. These AI machines, just from a few hours of, of uh, le- looking at a chessboard and playing against themselves, they've learned and have become sort of superhuman in their abilities. So, so that's different uh, yeah. from just writing long lines of code and, and building more and more powerful computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a lovely bit in the program. You mentioned AlphaGo there, um, where the, the sort of move that the, the computer did was so different to anything that a, a human has done. Um, and is that is that the machine learning things in a different way to how humans work? Yes, I mean that is what is so exciting, and and some might argue also very scary because uh, what what the AI did there was make a move. This is the Chinese game of Go, which. People regard as as, as a you know, more a, a better indicator of of um, 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 innovative sort of ways of thinking than say chess. Chess is very you know if you do this that happens, you do this that happens. So you can explore all possibilities. With Go, it's it's much more about intuition. Um, and what this AI did was make a move that all the sort of grandmasters watching it play against one of their own. Uh, thought was was a silly move you know, why did it do that you know that, that that doesn't make sense that's not what we would do it just doesn't make sense and it was only much later on in the game that they appreciated what a genius move it was because it became important as the as the game developed so it had discovered um a, a solution to a problem that the people who who built the machine didn't understand and weren't expecting so that's what's different. The, the, these AIs are starting to do stuff that we don't quite understand how they've come to. Uh, that, that sort of you know, real innovation, real intuition that's going on inside these deep learning uh, um, machines. So that, that sounds both incredible, but that also, to me, seems where the, the scary bit does come in, like how, how much they're going to learn <laughs> and what. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, that this, this is what... You know, a lot of people are concerned about that, you know, if they're doing things that we can't understand, if they become sort of true black boxes, then um, how can we maintain control over them? How, what if they start getting smarter and smarter ever more quickly and reach what's, what we refer to as the singularity? They develop general, you know, artificial general intelligence. They, they, they really become self-aware and then decide that they don't need humans. You know, this is the Skynet scenario <laughs> from the Terminator movies. And, and you know, people who work in AI, you know, oh, God, you know, let's see how long it takes before someone brings up the Terminator, uh, because that's, you know, that's always the worry. Um, people who work in AI are much more optimistic that we can maintain control um, and that we, you know, we can build in sufficient safeguards, even though AIs may end up being more intelligent than us, they would still be in our control. Now, that may sound, you know, rather somewhat 
difficult to to to, to achieve. Um, and I understand people's issues with it. it, 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 it actually, <laughs> this was the reason why um, when the uh, we were making first the talks about making this program, and uh, and of course the joy of AI follows in a series of. Uh, documentaries made by the same production company, Wingspan, for the BBC, starting with The Joy of Stats, uh, which was uh, presented by uh, the late um, Hans Rosling, a statistician. And and that documentary won a BAFTA. It was fantastic. There have been others following on from that. So The Joy of Data was presented by another mathematician, Hannah Fry. Uh, so this is the next in the series, The Joy of AI. And and, and I did say it warned the production company. I said, well, a lot of people won't see the words joy and AI fitting very comfortably together. So we need to be rather mindful of that, 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 that people are nervous about it. And I think, you know, to some extent, we should be nervous, but not nervous about AIs taking over the world, not nervous because of the Skynet. I think we should be more nervous about the fact that AI is still very dumb and the fact that potentially dumb but powerful people will control it. For, for 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 reasons that are, are are not so good, you know, technology itself is not good or evil. Technology is just um, the application of scientific ideas. It's how you we humans use technology. So AI can be used for good or for evil. I mean, a, a, a very simple example is um, you could use AI uh, together with you know robotics for sending in autonomous bomb disposal devices, you know, robots that will go in and understand, you know, their surroundings and, and, and diffuse a bomb so that humans don't have to risk their lives. But similarly, you could have um, AIs in autonomous um, killer drones that, you know, the, uh, sort of various countries uh, uh, um, uh, are, are think, actually thinking about using. So these drones that will fly over enemy lines, not only just to scout out and send images back, but maybe take an autonomous decision as to whether they should take a human life. Um, and those those sorts of things are rather more uh, worrisome. Uh, than, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so we need to know what's coming. Uh, I think that sometimes people worry about, oh, well, you know, driverless cars. Oh, that's uh, oh, that's a terrible thing. Well, no, that, that that'll come. Driverless cars will be here, and we'll and we'll be absolutely fine with them. And we'll we'll solve all our problems uh, that we have with you know um, driverless cars, computer driving cars, and and it'll become the most natural thing for us. And we will wonder how we were ever worried about such a thing. But there are other aspects of AI that we do need to be more careful about. I sort of I sort of think of it in a way like the um, when the industrial revolution happened and there were the, the you know the luddites were smashing the machines because they saw them as a threat. Um, I wonder if we're now at the beginning of a sort of artificial intelligence revolution, whereas hundred years down the line will go actually it, it wasn't so bad life is much better now through the back of it oh i'm 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 convinced that will be the case uh, of course at the time when when technologies be, uh, start to replace human labor there, there's always um uh, you know a pushback and understandably so people will lose their jobs you know but that has happened as you say since the industrial revolution you know ever since steam engines came in um because they could do the job more efficiently, more cheaply, uh, um, and, you know, and because they were stronger than, than human muscle, um, of course they replaced humans. Uh, you know, um, robots, robotic arms on factory production lines replaced humans uh, because they could do things more efficiently and more quickly and, and so on and uh, uh, more cheaply. So this is just another in the long line of technologies 
replacing humans in doing certain jobs, but on the other hand, making our lives easier. You know, try persuading a 1950s housewife who's just been given a washing machine that in fact, uh, you know, technology is evil, uh, that uh, she should go back to doing her, all her washing by hand. Um, I think the difference with the AI revolution is that we are still not sure how much of an impact it will have. It'll have a huge impact. I, I always say that if you look back, we've only had the internet and the World Wide Web for a quarter of a century. Um, AI will will be equivalent to that in terms of it changing our lives. And imagine, you know, now life without the internet. Um, the AI will change our lives equally, if not more, than the internet has, and it'll do it more, far more quickly than the next twenty five years. What it'll do will change in the next ten fifteen years. So it's coming so fast, and it can ch it's going to change so many aspects of our lives. We just need to be ready for it. We should. We shouldn't be afraid of it. We just need to be prepared. I guess that's one of those things. People are when they hear about AI, they think, "Oh, it's going to take our jobs." You know, I'm lucky. I'm in the position where I get to speak to people um, for you know as part part of my job. But there are some that will obviously be more susceptible to being taken over. Um, will AI create more jobs around that? So. Um, yeah, will it create more jobs around it as opposed to just taking them away as people are afraid of? It's, I, I, I predict it certainly will. Of course, uh, it, what it'll do will be cr uh, create new jobs that haven't been invented yet that we can't even imagine right now. And that's the difficulty of... of, of uh, so I said, was the, the, the quote, prediction is very unreliable, particularly about the future. <laughs> uh, some Danish proverb, I think. Um uh, yes, it's, uh, new technologies have always meant that certain jobs have been transferred from humans to machines, but they've always come brought with them new jobs that weren't around before. But we don't know what they are, and we don't know whether the number of new jobs created will, you know, it's not necessarily a, a zero-sum game. The number of new jobs created will, will, will exactly match the number of jobs that AIs have taken over from humans. And so... Uh, many people are understandably and I think quite rightly nervous about what AI will do because, you know, companies uh, and, and, you know, an industry uh, are always looking they're, they're looking for, you know, profits. That's their bottom line and efficiency. And if an AI could do something more efficient, and we're already seeing that, you know, you, even when you, you know, if you very often you'll phone up um, a restaurant to, 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 you know, to, to book a table uh, and you'll talk to someone who actually isn't a someone, it's a machine. Uh, you know, because it can do things efficiently and it can, it can recognize your frequently asked questions and it will have the stock answers. Um, uh, and so jobs will go uh, and, and a lot of them. What we don't know is, you know, is it 10 percent? Is it 60 percent? Uh, will it affect certain countries more than others, depending on what their um, economy is like, depending on what sorts of um, industries they have? These are unknowns. But the fact is, we can't stop the, the march of progress. AI is coming. Uh, and so what we should do is rather than hide away from it or, or think it's evil and not want to engage with it, we need to be prepared for it because it'll come. And if, if society decides they're scared of AI and governments decide they don't want to um, uh, talk about it or be prepared for it, I mean, um, others will.
you know, your, your, the, the, the big corporations, the, you know, the your Googles and Amazons and Facebooks and so on, they will use AI and um, let alone, you know, whether uh, to rogue states make use of it to uh, interfere with uh, democracies or whatever, um, cyber terrorists, uh, you know, it's going to come. We just need to make sure we know what it can and can't do. While, of course, you know, trying to minimize its impact on society on, and on people's um, livelihoods. Mm. So it's sort of embracing uh, AI at this point rather than just having the fear of what's to come. Yeah, I mean, I think people are right to be nervous, but having a fear of what's to come sometimes for me means, oh, I don't want to know. I don't want anything to do with it. That's not going to help. You know, technology is coming and technology, it'll be wonderful if we're prepared for it. You know, just think about the advances AI could do in, in medicine. Uh, and healthcare, you know, and, uh, you know, recognizing tumors uh, that no human could possibly see, um, helping us with, you know, helping surgeons, you know, with augmented reality. Um, uh, AI, just, you know, just the, the standard, you know, driverless cars w- would cut down on 80% of road accidents because 80% of road accidents are down to human error, you know, um, uh, losing concentration, tiredness or whatever. Um, that wouldn't happen with AIs. I, I, I always think there's a, there's a lovely example. So in, um, in the program, I talked to uh, a, a robotics expert, Paul Newman, uh, who they're, they're developing driverless cars. And he told me, I'm not quite sure actually whether it made it into the program, but he told me this wonderful uh, notion that if he were to take his car out tomorrow and make a silly, you know, do a, a silly mistake that causes an accident, he, chances are, in the future, he won't make that mistake again. He will be very, he will have learnt from his mistake, but others may make that mistake, of course. Whereas if 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 AI controls cars, one AI making a mistake because they're interconnected, all other cars on the planet will never make that mistake themselves again, <laughs> because every because it's learning all the time. So it just gets better and better, and we can one day we will sit back in our in our cars. That's, uh, without even the cars won't even have a steering wheel. We just jump in and tell it where we want to go, and <laughs> and, and we'll wonder what all the fuss was about. Mm. And we'll look back uh, look back over those years and just go, "What were we doing driving at all?" Right. Well, absolutely, yes. Back in the day when we actually had to manually steer a car, wow, how crazy! No, no, you know, no wonder there were so many road accidents, so many people killed on the roads. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sort of brings me through to my next um, next question, actually, which was I was just thinking, you know, the show is. It's, is itself very positive and actually you come out with a very positive uh, view of AI at the end of it. Um, I was just wondering, what do you think will be the next big thing that we see that uh, in, in AI that's like, you know, very revolutionary that will really make everyone go, wow, this is, this is great. Um, I think things, things like, you know, certainly things like um, driverless cars are still probably, a decade or more away. So what, what's what's happening now is is the, the advances in you know things like chatbots, uh, um, the, the, you know the, the, the likes of you know um, uh, uh, Siri on your phone. Um, it's incremental. Uh, so so it's so it's not suddenly a, uh, there's a revolution as AIs do something that hasn't occurred to anyone. I think in the over the coming five years or so, we're just going to see increased sophistication you know it wasn't that long ago when we were all utterly blown away by google translate that you could type in a word 
into Google and it'll tell you the, 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 the translation of that. And then you can, you can cut and paste the whole paragraph and translate it. Now you just walk around with your smartphone and you just talk to it. You just talk to Siri, you know, uh, you tra translate. You say something in your language and it speaks the other language to whoever you want to talk to. What's what you know? The next step will be some sort of universal translator that uh, that you know, as much loved by um, science fiction. That's that's not so far away. That's not so crazy. So yeah, AI's will will sort of integrate throughout so many different areas of life. So that something called the Internet of Things, which I don't cover actually in the program, where you know all home appliances we're already seeing. Uh, uh, home appliances all being interconnected so you can speak into your phone to turn your, your central heating on or to turn the oven on um, uh, you know or the, the, your fridge might tell you you're running low on milk that's probably not quite there yet but but the notion that everything in in the home or in the workplace is interconnected and being controlled by some AI that ensures everything runs efficiently whether it's you know environmentally efficient or whether it's simply to make your life more comfortable, um, that's that's going to be with us uh, in, in in the coming years, uh, and and it'll be with us, and and we won't sort of notice a point when you know yesterday we didn't have it, and today we do, because these things happen gradually and incrementally. It's just a very steep <laughs> incremental rise because things are changing so quickly. Uh, just thinking, with with the with the idea that it's it's all that everything is speaking to each other it's just sort of made me think who is ultimately deciding what the ai decides is good and is and you know, this is the optimum position for this this mm. is the growth is it is it a, you know is it democratically done as an average and everything or is the biases of the developers and the people who create it are those being fed into it somehow that I think for me is 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 the is the crucial thing that we need to make sure we get right. That that is what we should be most worried about with the coming of AI, and not your Skynet scenario of the AIs themselves being in control. It's the those in control of the AIs. Um, the worry is that artificial intelligence may lead to further inequality you know between the haves and have nots you know if you're if you're controlled by you know uh, your your life is run by this ai which itself is uh, run and controlled by some organization or corporation that's what we need to sort of guard against that's why there needs to be more public debate you have to be in control of your own ai at home you have to be able to optimize it it's, it, it can't the decisions it makes should supplement and 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 help your decision making process it should make your lives easier uh, but not at the cost of d doing you know uh, being controlled by someone else who wants something insidious from you uh, so so yes you know is it who is it the programmer who, who controls the ai who controls what the ai can or can't do that's what we need to discuss very carefully is that sort of a role for governments or is that, as you mentioned earlier, there could be governments that take it or, you know, Googles and Apples and Facebooks and Microsofts, they'll, they will be the ones who ultimately have the power and take it? Uh, yeah, certainly governments have a role to play to make sure that these powerful organisations and corporations are not in control of the, the way AI goes. But also there needs to be wider 
societal understanding of of AI. So 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 just we, people, you know, whether this program helps is, is one tiny drop in the ocean. But there needs to be more public dialogue, and and those who who do understand, and those you know, they're, they're, you know, the, the governments certainly in the UK, for example, which is one of the countries that leads the world in AI. Um, there are government committees. There are um, uh, uh, groups who are who are who are writing reports on on the, the concerns about AI that are published. The worry is that they just get read by a small fraction of of society, whereas there needs to be a, a, a broader push to educate people to be so people have just much more. Aware of, of of AI, and then of course in a democracy, they they it's it's people who who then vote for governments that they think are going to look after their uh, concerns, as 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 is always the case. And I don't think at the moment there's enough understanding of what AI is about in wider society. Most people either don't know what's coming, or are too scared to engage. Or, or simply don't understand the you know the the um, the capabilities that are just around the corner, and that has to change. Stepping aside and not necessarily excluding uh, AI, you're obviously most uh, well known as a physicist. Um, what do you predict will be the big breakthroughs in physics uh, in 2019 or the next couple of years? Ooh, big breakthroughs in physics. Um, I, I I think. It's probably not going to come from sort of the sexy areas of, of of astronomy or particle physics. You know, the Large Hadron Collider is currently going to shut down, and uh, um, they're not going to be announcing new particles discovered. I don't know whether there's going to be big discoveries in astronomy. Um, I, I, I think the the big advances are coming where physics overlaps with other areas. Uh, we're in interdisciplinary science. So, you know, AI is a good example. You know, it's not just computer scientists working in AI. They're working with um, neuroscientists and physicists and mathematicians and so on. Um, uh, physicists are working with um, biologists and in, in sort of genetic engineering and genomics, um, uh, in nanotechnology and, and new sort of smart materials. So those are areas that we're going to see some interesting advances there's a there's a lot of scope for progress um i I, so i don't think it's going to be in the more esoteric um sort of theoretical boundaries of our knowledge it's more in learning about the world and what we can we can do with uh, um, you know, new devices, new instrumentation, uh, you know, things like artificial intelligence. Uh, I guess uh, is an example. So, I don't, I don't see any re- big revolutions around the corner, but but exciting smaller advances that are going to be probably of of more immediate application to everyday lives. Mm-hmm. I sort of I hear that a lot. Um, a lot of the people I speak to, they say it's not so much the individual disciplines it's the crossing over of the uh disciplines and everyone working together to that and that's what's really changing things at the moment yeah and we're seeing that more and more you know it's uh, it used to be frowned upon it used to be a sort of oh well you know if, if you work in interdisciplinary science then you're just a jack of all trades master of none um but certainly for example on on um, you know the, the, the scientists i interview on on life scientific on radio four 
invariably, these are people who either work in interdisciplinary sciences or more often than not have started in one field and applied their expertise in a completely different field. And, and so, you know, have seen things in a diff, from a different angle. And that has led to um, innovation and, 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 and advances. So uh, while we do need people to be experts burrowing down deeply in, into their own specialist area, um, the, the really exciting stuff these days, yes, as I say, are, are likely to come from the crossovers where we, you know, so we, we, you know, it, it, unless you talk to people from other disciplines in science, you will never have come across. It's, it's only that cross-fertilization of ideas that leads to, to, to genuinely uh, uh, new advances. That was Professor Jim Al-Khalili on artificial intelligence. The Joy of AI is on BBC4 next Tuesday, the 4th of September at 9pm. Thanks for listening to the Science Focus podcast. The September issue of BBC Focus magazine is out now. And in it, we look at the future of food, from how farming is preparing for population growth and climate change, and also see what we'll be eating in 2028. We also delve deep into the minds of psychopaths, uncover crimes using DNA ancestry kits and ask why people believe in conspiracy theories that fly in the face of scientific evidence. As always, there is much, much more inside. Thank you for listening to the Science Focus podcast from the BBC Focus magazine team. We're the UK's best-selling science and technology monthly, available in print and in several digital formats throughout the world. Find out more at sciencefocus.com or look out for us in your app store.